Welcome to Change. It's all about the choice podcast. I am Gabby, your host, founder of Gabby Inspires. I empower people of all ages to embrace change. I am a motivational speaker, coach, and workshop leader. I know you are unique. And I will offer in each episode humor and skill building tools that will enable you to make the right choice so you too can embrace change. Today, I thought I would bring on a guest speaker to discuss social change. And that's just what I've done. I've asked him to discuss why being involved in his community is important to him and We're going to especially hit some of the school board issues. I think it's more important now than ever to be aware of what your children and any child is being taught in school. What is the curriculum? What are children being taught? I haven't been involved for years because I have grandchildren in school, but after what's gone on this year and what I've heard, I think it's time even for maybe... Me, a grandmother, should start attending some school board meetings. I was shocked to learn that some schools don't even teach cursive anymore. And I talked to a little girl that doesn't know how to read cursive. But I'm going on. It's I want to introduce my guest because I'm excited to have him. And it's my pleasure to introduce a gentleman who is a strong pillar of his community. He's a published author. He's a business owner and a former school board member. And that's just a few of his accomplishments. I'd like to introduce you to George Zacherl. Hi, George. Why don't you jump in and tell us all about George Zacherl? All right. Thank you. Thank you, Gabby, so much for having me today. And and uh, speaking on a subject that I'm as passionate as you are about with uh, being a pillar of our local community and, and being involved. So uh, just to give everybody a little bit of history of myself, my name is George Zacherl. And I work uh, primarily now with small business owners. I coach them in, in two separate ways uh, with my businesses. I work with small business owners on a short-term basis to help them get unstuck. I just recently wrote a book called Success is Not One Size Fits All. It's 28 stories from throughout my life uh, that have shaped the person that I am today. And I think everybody, you know, we need systems to make us successful, but it's always nice when a system can uh, conform to our strengths and our behavioral styles. And uh, so that was just uh, recently launched on Amazon. And uh, we were actually, I'm an Amazon bestseller. Three, it was number one in three different categories. And then I also work with business owners long term. Uh, Yeah, it was very exciting. And uh, I also work with (laughs) business owners on a longer basis with my my business, B&I. That's a V as in boy, N as in Nancy, I as in ice cream. So if you're looking to grow your business through qualified referrals, I would love to have you visit one of our local chapters here in Western Pennsylvania. All right, George. And you said you work with small business owners, so they can look that up and contact you anyway through there, correct? Yeah, best phone number is probably 724-941-0101. Okay. What made you become a school board member? Well, it was back, uh, actually, I, I ran for election back in uh, 2017. And uh, for our local school district, we were actually in the midst of a four-year-long teacher's contract negotiation. They, the teachers had their wages frozen for four years. And uh, I'm actually married to a, a school teacher. 
Uh, so it made it quite interesting when you have the spouse of uh, a teacher in the midst of a contract negotiations uh, running. Um, so legally, I was allowed to vote on the contracts, but I was not allowed to participate in any of the negotiations because that obviously would have affected you know, me personally uh, when would be a conflict of interest. But I really ran because I felt that the teachers didn't have a voice. You know, I think our country and um, has really been built on a diversity of ideas. And when you have single-minded ideas and very people, it's okay to be passionate about your ideas, but when you don't have that diversity of ideas and all viewpoints being represented, then it's easy for everybody to be in their corner and, and um, to take their sides and nothing ever get done. And I would go to school board meetings and the votes would be nine to nothing and there'd be very little discussion about anything. And uh, it was just very frustrating. So I felt it was time for me to get involved. I was at the right point in my life that I had the time to, to invest in it. Uh, but we needed, you know, that diversity of communication and ideas being introduced. It can't just be all just there for the process of voting on things that with, with zero discussion. And what did you learn or did you view of being a member as opposed to being a husband of a teacher? You know, the one thing that I really appreciated um, and people would come up and talk to me, um, you know, I always voiced my opinion, you know, whether I was on the on the winning side of a vote or the losing side of a vote. And more times I was on the losing side, which is fine. But what most of the, the local community people come up, and they said, whether I agree with you or not, I knew exactly where you stood. And more importantly, why you made the decision that you made, you know, and I think, you know, that's really one of the things that I learned is how can I communicate with different people? How could I, how can I digest different viewpoints, you know, not be closed minded and just say, Oh, I'm, I'm voting 100% of the time just for the teachers. And, you know, so that's, there, there was times I voted against the teachers, uh, but that's, I took in all the information. So really for me, I think we have to learn how to digest information, take things in and make sure it, you know, I was representing the community, not just the teachers. And uh, so I think that's one of the things is learning how to digest information, how to talk to somebody when they're very passionate about things and, and maybe not open to communication and, and learn how to be patient. And communication is a big thing. And I know one of the things I had to learn to say is to disagree. I was a people pleaser for a long time and that doesn't get you anywhere. It just usually gets you into more bad situations because you're not following your heart. You're not following your dream. If you have a reason why you say and believe what you do, it's much better than saying, well, I'm going to do this because George does it. But you have to be strong enough to follow your heart, to know that there's a reason you're doing this, that you're not doing it for a selfish reason. You're not doing it to be hard to get along with. You have to be brave enough. And that's that's really hard for people. And a lot of the reasons why I talk about change, because change is hard and you actually have to leave some things behind, but you have to find new things and, and it's really difficult. But being in the situation you were, I was probably personal and I wouldn't do, but was there ever, just don't go into it in detail, but was there ever a little bit of personal issues when you went against the teachers? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because they, you know, they were, um, they didn't have a voice for the longest time. 
And just the fact of having somebody and knowing that I was really a, a, an army of one fighting for them, you know, they were always very appreciative of it. And I think, you know, especially half the time my term ended in December of 2021. So actually half the time that I was serving was during a pandemic. And I think you really have major issues that school districts are going to be facing now. And I think this is really where communication is going to be all of the utmost importance because the kids are, you know, went through a lot, you know, being isolated, not being in the rooms, not being around their friends. And, you know, some of the kids will probably do all right. And then there's some of the kids that are, yes, are going to fall behind. And now as you go through, and this would be a great time for people to get involved because, you know, being elected to the, you know, position of school director, I was asked to vote on things that I was far from an expert on. You know, we see a lot of things in our, you know, regarding school districts about what curriculum are they going to be teaching and what content is, is going to be involved with things. And Number one, we do need to rely on the experts. You know, you see a lot of news reports where they want the the local community to be deciding what the the curriculum is in the in a school. Personally, I disagree with that just because I'm not an expert at picking a curriculum. You know, these are you know hundreds of thousands of dollars of investments for the school district because when they do pick a curriculum, you know, they want to use it for three, five, seven years and get maximum uh, usage out of it. Uh, but on the flip side, you know, we need to be involved as, as parents and grandparents to, to know that, you know, that, that curriculum is being taught in the right way. I think back to um, a parent who had uh, religious views about some of the education that was, was happening. She did a great job. She came in, she talked to the school board, she educated her, everybody on her viewpoint, and she was able to work with the teachers and say, this is what I, you know, we have very specific religious views and I don't want my kid being taught this. And they were, they found a workaround. And I think that's the thing is if, but if we're just, you know, not understanding everything and not working at the, at the local level, then it's, it's very difficult to have change and get the education that we want for our kids. Good point that I didn't think about was the cost that goes into the curriculum. You know, I know what I think I don't want them to teach. I know what I want them to teach. But the fact is somebody has to be educated and versed on what's going on because that's our school taxes. That's what we, you know, you're still a member of this community. It's going to hit you in more ways than one. That That's a good point to, to bring up that it's just not one issue. It's just not your religion or your ideas, it's a group, and and it, and it goes for days to age with inflation and gas prices and and money. You know, money's always a big talker. You know, it's a big issue. Doing this for years and setting up a plan, and it's not just pick up a book and teach it. You know? <laughs> yeah, because then that's too. The teachers they like the fact that you know when they do get a new curriculum, they have to learn it. They have to get materials. And, you know, when they do have that same curriculum, you know, for an extended period of time, now they have efficiency in, in teaching the kids. They're not learning new materials, getting new books, learning, you know, different things every year. And, 
you know, as budge, budgets are, are pushed to the limit, you know, our children are going to need more mental health uh, support. There's, they're going to be more, one of the things that I always voted for, especially when it came to curriculums, I always thought we could do more for our kids. And I think with technology and things like that, we may be able to do different things to, to help them out with different subject matter and things along those lines. But we have to be prudent with the money. Um, but it can't just be the old style of, um, you know, setting up all, oh, we have this many kids, we want this size of classroom. That means we need this many teachers. I, I would uh, I like to see more of a, an approach of, okay, what do our kids need? And, you know, how can we best serve them without just going the straight math of running a, a school or running a business? It's like, we got this many kids, this many classrooms, we need to lay off three teachers. Um, you know, instead of laying off three teachers, can we reallocate some uh, resources? So now you're you're teaching different languages. You're able to do different things to to go through and do it. And this is the one thing that I think I tried to emphasize during my time on the school board is when you have great schools, you know, it's kind of you know being the cornerstone of our community. You know, here where we live in, in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania, we got a lot of great companies that surround us. Two Six, Penn United, Oberg's. And these are people that rely on great employees to run those companies. When you have strong schools around these companies, then that's going to provide them a great workforce. Is People are going to want to live close to where they work. And, you know, these things aren't all just in silos all by themselves. So when you're creating a great school district, you're actually helping the business community in a lot of different ways. And the business community will jump in and help the school districts if they know that there's a way of, of doing that. And I think that's the thing, too, is we just look at it strictly. What's my school taxes? You know, how many teachers are there? What are they getting paid and, and all that kind of stuff where we have to kind of change our approach to. How are our school, schools supporting our business community? How are we keeping people here to, to remain in our district? And, and, and really, in a lot of ways, we're competing against other school districts. You know, are we passing the eye test? Do we have modern facilities? Do we have stable contracts and, and all that? So I think we have to change how we look at things um, just because it isn't just the how schools were run in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It's, it's, it's a much different world, especially post-COVID. And I grew up anybody from a different country. I don't think a few of my uh, mother's relatives came over from, from Europe. And that was, that was it. You know, we just knew everybody from this small community. And it's, it's strange what, there are no boundaries now. I mean, you can talk to anybody you want to anytime of the day virtually. And that's that I like that. I mean, I've learned so much just from taking those boundaries down and listening to people. It, it's amazing. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, going back to the schools, too, I think, you know, the schools have kind of been programmed to get everybody to go to college. And, you know, I think that was always one thing, too. You, promote people. There's nothing wrong with turning a wrench and learning how to be a mechanic or an electrician or work on HVA systems. They can make as much as an attorney and an engineer. You know, 
of course, I, you know, I have an education as an engineer and uh, went to school at Penn State for that. But, you know, there's there's people it, not everybody needs to go to college, especially today with the cost of college and student debt and everything like that. You can go out and I think we've lost the respect of a lot of, of blue collar uh, workers. And I think that's really, too, where we have to change our approach of how we we're preparing our kids for the world and saying, look, it's you know, a real world, a, a two-year education to go out there and, and be a technician is, is great. You're going to be a very productive member of our community. And just because you don't have a college degree, I mean, it's, you know, my kids have just recently in the last five years finished their college education. You know, that's a lot of debt that they're coming out with. And that, you know, again, that's the thing that puts further burden on the communities that they're not buying houses, they're not buying cars. Uh, you know, so I think, again, can we have more diversity within our education of our schools? But if we have just the old, old style of we want to keep our taxes low and keep our staff to an absolute minimum and just teach the basics, we're, we're not going to have that business community around us. And I think when you, when you have these strong schools, everybody wants the value of their price of their house to go up and everything like that. If you have a great school, that's a great way of driving your, your housing prices up. Yes. And, exactly. you know, now you have more equity exactly. to do things if you, you know, as you go along with different things. So I think the big thing that I would love to see, you know, from a change is just, I, I think we just looked at our schools as our schools. You know, how does our schools fit in with our business community? How do we fit in with having a stable uh, community? And how can we be serving the needs of our, our kids? Because, you know, number one, there, there are a lot more kids that have, we've identified so many more things with autism, for example, that we need to support these kids. And, um, you know, it, it can't just all be budgetary. And I think this is the other thing, too, is where a lot of schools and a lot of parents are almost forced to look at online op op uh, options and charter schools because you know that's not the schools aren't offering those and that's draining money out of our public schools you know to for kids to do that now there's certain situations and and that's a parent's choice right as a parent you have a hundred percent right to choose you know if you want to chat send your kid to a charter school and for different reasons you know but if we don't have the if we're not giving more options in there, that's just taking money out of the system to help us better support our kids. That was one of the questions I wanted to ask you about charter school. So what did you say? You said that you think it's a parent's choice, but what does it, how does it affect our public school? Well, that money that is allocated to the child is then the school district has to turn that over to the charter school. Because, you know, they're, they're still entitled to that. So if you, you know, and again, you talked earlier about getting involved with your, your local school district. Go look at the public documents and you can see even in our very small school district, you know, during COVID, a lot of parents, you know, disagreed with mask mandates and, and different things along that lines. You know, so they turned their kids and, you know, they sent their kids to charter schools. Um, and that was draining. I, I shouldn't say draining, but it was, you know, school district had to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars that came out of the budget. Because the you know there wasn't options there for the kids to you know and they they chose the charter school option so you know this is just thing you know get involved and and look at the online information and see where this is 
you know, how much money is being taken away. Um, because sometimes you have the, the economy of scale, you know, if you can help five or 10 or 15 students, if that money's just completely leaving the district, you can't do anything with it. Um, so I think that parents need to get involved so that, you know, when the school board is making these things and they're putting the budgets together, you know, it's not just purely, and, and I, I'm, my experience, and I'm speaking primarily from my experience in one district, you know, they're afraid to raise taxes. But if you get enough people going in there and say, this is what we want, we are the community, you know, we, this is what we want a better school, then there's more, I think there'll be more backing for a little bit of higher taxes and a little bit more of a long-term plan to do this because a lot of times they're they're reactionary and you've got people sitting on that board that aren't experts in mental health. They're not experts in education. They're just Sometimes, uh, honestly, they're the most popular people in the community that got elected and, you know, they fulfill a, a certain yeah, that- taxes, or, you know, and I, I think that's, to me, that's the biggest thing that, you know, I think you have people, you know, I, I made a decision not to run for reelection. That was really in a lot of ways based on. I, I look, people, you know, praise me a lot of ways, but we didn't have, I didn't see more people running for, for spots on the school board. I didn't see more people speaking at school board meetings. I didn't see more people, you know, getting involved in a, in a productive way on social media. The change doesn't happen. There's, there's people out there that are willing to lead the change, but they need your support in different ways of speaking at the meetings and, you know, getting people to run. I understand people, especially when you're raising your kids and you're young and you're running to baseball games and everything else. I probably didn't have time to do it at, at certain times in my life either. But we need to support the people who do have the time and give them the backing so that we can get the change that we're looking. If they feel like they're on a complete island, they're 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 going to get frustrated and and not run again. And then the the movement's going to you know end. And the change and the and the people who but, people who are there that are entrenched, nothing's ever going to change. So I think you know for those people that are out there, you know, and you're thinking about getting involved, it doesn't sometimes take as much time as what you think. You know, you can go speak at some school board meetings. You can write letters to the superintendents. You can schedule meetings with your teachers. Vir- you know, probably now virtual is a lot easier than what it was. You know, pre-COVID. And I think then little by little, you can make the change. We've got to be involved all the time so that, you know, it does, you know, we can make little changes as, as we go along and, and work on things. You think you don't have time, but when it's your future, your children's future, your grandchildren's future, you, you should make time. And that's, I found out being in local government, people move into a community and they think they know what they can do. And all of a sudden, five or 10 years later, they want to put up a shed and found out that an ordinance has changed and they're, they're not allowed to put their shed there. And, and, but that's their property. Yeah. And, and it's fine. You have to keep up. And there's, I do, like I've worked for two different local governments and nobody's ever put in an ordinance 
to make somebody unhappy. They There was always a good reason for it, like you said. But if you're not involved, you don't know what's going on in the big picture of things. And you have to in the school board. I was just shocked. I know in one of my earlier podcasts, I talked about Loudoun County, Virginia, and I don't know if we have time to get in all that, and you probably don't want to, but those are reasons why people need to find out what's going on in their community. And is there anything that was humorous that you found funny when you were on the school board? Let's have some a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... um. I was thinking about this a little bit and a lot, a lot of times, you know, I, I was the contrarian. I was the, you know, eight to one and, and the reporter would be there and they would come up to me and say, you know, why'd you, you were the only one to vote no on this. What was, what was your, your thoughts behind it? So one of the times, one of the things we used to have to vote on was the school calendar when, you know, well, when, when was the teachers in service days and, and different things. So, we always knew what order we were voting in and it, it rotated through. So that, you know, was, you know, being Zach or I wasn't voting last all the time. Um, but it came to one year for voting on the school calendar. And it just so happened to be my wife's 50th birthday that year. So I didn't want to have her, she didn't want to be working on her 50th birthday and, and her birthday is right at the beginning of the school year. So one of the options was she wasn't going to have to work. And that unfortunately wasn't the the calendar that was picked. So I voted no against it. And the reporter came up to me and said, yeah, that's really strange that you voted no against the calendar. Would you mind explaining why? And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's like, it's a personal that because I was probably the sixth or seventh person to vote. So I knew to pass and it, you know, I wouldn't vote no just for the sake of something failing, but I tried to get it something so that my wife wouldn't have to work on her 50th birthday. And no, so it was just kind of a, a little thing, and and the, but the reporter came up to me and said, "Why'd you vote no? That seems like the strangest vote." And I'm like, oh, it's just something personal, no, no biggie." But uh, yeah, it was kind of thing I tried to help out there, and uh, so that's kind of a humorous vote that I had to had to take that time. So she didn't put it in the paper, did she? <laughs> no, no, no. Did it's... the reporter put it in the paper on why you did? <laughs> I, mean, I didn't tell her. No, that was funny. Other than, other than my wife, I think you're the first people to hear why I voted no that particular time. And, and, um, but it, it was just kind of humorous that I was always the only person. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, it's, it's going to be out to the world now, George. It's, <laughs> it's out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. It's like, uh, you know, humor. It was probably, it's been like three years since that's happened. So, um, I think there's probably, probably no repercussions from letting that, that little secret out. <laughs> That's good. And what was your biggest highlight? What was your biggest success of being on the school board that you think, if you, if you have one? You know, I, I mean, I'm, I think was really trying one of the big challenges of, um, schools now is substitute teachers. The the whole process of how teachers get hired is changed. You know, that used to be the way teachers got hired, right? You would go sub at a district, they would see your talents and everything like that, and then you would get hired. Um, just that the process has changed a little bit now with, you know, the number of positions being reduced and people going down south, teaching for a couple of years and coming back to the area. Uh, just trying to get the, the that pay raised and, and putting more emphasis on 
the importance of having continuity in the, in the room. So was able to get that, um, the viewpoint of that changed a little bit, um, you know, for substitute teachers. And I think the other thing that I'm proud of is I think um, when I left the school board, there was a lot more discussions. I think there was a lot more willingness for, for people to, to speak up and to voice their opinions on different things and, and not just let the, you know, the, the power brokers take all the control of everything that there was the meetings lasted longer because there was more discussion around things. So I'm proud that I think I, I opened up the conversation there more than what it was when I, when I first got on the board. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming today and talking to me and to all my audience. I enjoyed it and I know they did too. And and I'd like to ask them to keep listening that I will be interviewing more guests. And if there's something that you want to hear, just contact me and let me know and we'll get someone on to talk to you about it and their changes. And George, I'd like to ask you back another time if you'd be willing to come back to talk about some of the other changes in your life, like BNI or some of those. Are you interested in maybe making another visit to change? It's all about the choice. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you so much. And I'll be anytime I'd be welcome to come back and speak again. All right. Well, again, my guests and my audience, I love hearing from all of you. If you have anything, just go to my website, gabbyinspires.com. And of course, like my podcast and subscribe and just leave me a message. Let me know what you're thinking. Or maybe you want to be a guest on my podcast. Leave me your information. I will contact you. And you can schedule me to speak to your group or to set up a workshop. You can find all of that on my website. So have a great day. And I'll see everybody in two weeks. Hey, friends. It's that time again. Time to say farewell for this episode. Thanks for listening to Change. It's all about the Choice Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. I would love to hear from you. Invite me to speak to your group or hold a workshop. Go to my website at gabbyinspires.com or text me at 724-524-3464. What do you want to change? It is your choice. I will see you in two weeks. In the meantime, be sure to check out my other episodes. Farewell.